We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey guys, on this week's episode of Drinks with Binks, we've got FS1 broadcaster Joy Taylor. We discuss the responsibility she has with her platform, discussing racism and criminal justice reform in America, how she thinks the NBA will play out when it's in a bubble, and she tells us about a book she wants to write someday, but shh. You can't tell anyone what it's about. Hey guys, welcome on into Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart Binks. We're still staying home to stay safe. We've been working from home for almost over three months at this point. And we know people watching right now, you guys have been working from home too, probably a lot longer than you ever expected. And that's because of a number of different reasons. We haven't done the best job with dealing with this virus. That is sort of an easy statement to say. We've seen a number of states that have opened too early that are seeing an uptick of cases. We've also seen a lot of people become okay with mass numbers of death, which sounds really ridiculous, but people are kind of over dealing with this virus right now. And it's it's problematic because if you want to have a beach body, you can't just give up and go to McDonald's halfway through. You got to put in the work. You got to get this thing over with. And the biggest thing right now, folks, if you can take one thing away from these first 15 seconds, is just wear a mask. Like, it's so easy to wear a mask when you go outside. Actually, I prefer it because then I can talk to myself and no one thinks I'm crazy, at least for another couple months. I love lip syncing at the grocery grocery store wearing a mask. And I will tell you, my mom has said this, if you want a mask, she will make you a mask. So DM me on Instagram, juliesb underscore, my mom will personally make you a mask and send it to you. Now we've been dealing with this virus, but we haven't had the distractions while we've been staying home to stay safe. And because of that, we've been able to put our time and energy into another issue that is so prominent in our country for hundreds and hundreds of years in the world, and that's racism. Learning about racial inequality and police brutality and social justice. And these are many topics that someone like me hasn't had to deal with before as a white woman in society. And so the last couple weeks, we've tried to feature strong, prominent black voices in the sports community to help us learn how we can make change and be uh, a part of the right side of history going forward. And this week is no different. And especially this week from a female perspective, I'm very excited to welcome in Fox Sports 1 broadcaster, news anchor for The Herd with Colin Coward, host of the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast and Joy Chat on Caffeine, none other than Joy Taylor. Joy, thanks so much for coming on the show here today. We know that there's so many things I want to talk to you about. And it has been uh, an emotional time. I've, you know, I've read your tweets. I've seen articles and interviews with you. What has the last couple weeks been like for you? Uh, well, first of all, thanks for having me. It's so good to see your face. Uh, it's been way too long. I really appreciate it. I, I love the show, and I'm happy to be here. So thank you for having me on. It's been uh, exhausting. I think that's like the the word that you know everyone that's having this shared experience is is saying, you know, it's very necessary and I'm very hopeful and it's been very positive, but it is, it is exhausting. Um, you're still having the same conversations that we've been having for, you know, hundreds of years. And, uh, I do feel like this is a very specific, different time in history. And it feels like there is some real momentum for change. So I'm, I'm happy about that, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 something I'm happy to be exhausted doing now. 
Right. Yeah, that's exactly what you said. There's so many powerful messages and a number of people that have sort of dismissed this conversation before because it hasn't affected them and they can't run from it anymore because it's gained so much momentum and energy in the wake of George Floyd's murder. And while we're getting heavy, while we start this show, the show has the moniker of drinking on it, of course, which is fit for my personality. So what do we have to drink here today, Joy? What, what did you pick? Uh, I've got a, a Justin Cabernet. It's a very nice, affordable, but very good Cabernet. Cheers. Cheers. Uh, you know what? I should have done my fancy glass. I have a big fancy glass, but uh, my setup is like <laughs> That looks very... like a really fancy glass. <laughs> um, you know, I prefer the stemless glasses because I'm actually like quite clumsy. Yeah. And I can't be having, you know, wine all over my apartment, but cheers. I agree. Cheers. I've got, uh, I don't normally drink red wine, but I am for you today, Joy. You're not a red winer. I could live off red wine. I think it's like, if I'm ever, if it, the rare occasion I've ever been invited to like a fancy dinner, uh, it always seems as though red wine's there. Yeah. But in the past, I feel like a white wine or a rosé is, is great for just like really getting drunk. And then, then you can go out to the bar and it's like, but this, then I'm, I'm kind of like one of these go to bed. Well, no, I can agree with that. Wine is not a bar hopping. So you're a bar hopper then. Yeah, I, I've been known to dabble in my day when we, you know, back in the olden days when we could go to bars. That's right. Yeah, I too am a bar hopper because I'm from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. So that's that's what we do. Wine is not a bar hopping drink. So I mean, it's depends. not. A, I mean, I, cheap Sauvignon Blanc. You never know where the night can end. Yeah, that's that's the point. The cheap stuff can can lead you down a very uh, sketchy path. So if you're going to be going bar to bar, you probably want to go with something more consistent. But, you know, we're just sitting here having a nice chat, so wine works for this. Yes, yeah, so this is perfect. And uh, a Justin Cab, you said, or Merlot? Cab. Cab, Cab. Yeah, that's that's a great that's a, a great red. I've just got something I got in, like, a gift basket. So uh, Not, probably going to lead to a good hangover, but free wine, <laughs> always great. Um, and it's great to be able to, to chat with you. You know, you're in, you're in Los Angeles. We're over here in New York, but we can still – have the big discussions that are going on in this country. And we, you were mentioning just the, there's a lot of exhaustion right now, but you said it's, it's, it's for a good cause. What are maybe some of the messages that you've seen that have been powerful in your opinion that you hope, you know, maybe people who haven't dealt with racism understand? I think the protests have been really, really impactful. I know there's a lot of people out there who are very critical of the protests. Um, they don't like the violence and the looting and the rioting. And, you know, to those people, like explaining the purpose of a protest is kind of a, a waste of time, really, because they're so dug in on what it is that they feel about the protest to begin with. But seeing so many people, I mean, thousands and thousands of people from all parts of the world protesting for Black Lives Matter, so many companies not being afraid to say Black Lives Matter and not making it into uh, something that they're shying away from as they have in, in the past has been really impactful. But I, I think just the, the show of unity that I've seen from so many different places in the world, from the protests to, you know, things on social media, corporate companies backing Black Lives Matter has, has really shown me that people are finally having real conversations about racism and social injustice and police brutality. And until we have conversations, it's just like in a relationship, you know, you, you are constantly avoiding the real conversations. It's going to fall apart because you're not re you're not being real, you know, and, and we can't fix anything until we have these conversations and really, you know, change people's hearts and minds. So that to me has been really impactful just seeing thousands of people in the street coming together. Obviously, nobody wants violence and nobody wants looting and rioting. That's that's a part of protest anytime there ever is a protest anywhere in the world. Um, so it's not that I condone it or think that it's a good thing, but it just is part of it. You know, a, a riot is the language of the unheard. So um, that to me has been been really encouraging seeing so many people get involved. Right. And sort of anyone who focuses on the looting doesn't understand why the protests begin in the first place. Right. And that's uh, I think many people are starting to figure that out. At least they've been hit over the head. I've I've been hitting people over the head 
who are other white people that don't get it. And I can only, I can't even imagine what it's like from your perspective, dealing with a number of people who have been ignorant for far too long. And we have a whole lot more we want to discuss with you, but we got to take our first time out on the program, guys. We are, we are drinking and binking with FS1's Joy Taylor. Don't go anywhere. Hi, I'm Roman Rojas, and on the first episode of the Roman Rojas podcast, I talked to my friend Danilo Alvarez about how a night of fun and partying in Cali, Colombia, ended up with him being kidnapped, along with his girlfriend Geraldine, and how they were able to get out of this horrible situation. Join me every week in my conversations with people that have incredible stories to tell. Subscribe to the Roman Rojas podcast on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite platform. Drinks with Binks. I'm JSB. We've got FS1's Joy Taylor with us here today. We are sipping on a little red wine as we always ask our guests what they like to drink. It's a, it's a little bit of an interesting drink to have in the, the dog days of summer, at least in my opinion, but not for you. No, I'm a big wino. I actually, I should have gone with uh, with white because it's the middle of the day. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll be fine. <laughs> I also enjoy that, yes, you're in Los Angeles. It's the middle of the day for you. And yeah, it's, it's 1.30. A, it's, a, it's a Wednesday. It's like, here you go. Have a glass to drink. Um, and if you are drinking, drink along with us. If you aren't drinking, that is a-okay as well. Uh, before the break, we were discussing some of the big issues going on in the world that, of course, permeate sports, and that's racism. And that's confronting an issue that has been around for hundreds and hundreds of years that is wrong. And people have to understand the differences of covert and overt racism and some of their prejudices that they've had that maybe they didn't realize that they've had. And Joy, for you, like, first of all, you're dealing with so many of these different issues in society. But what's it like from a black woman's perspective? Because I can only imagine that is that is a whole different experience. Well, I mean, for me, it's trying to shed a light on what the experience is and bring people into what that experience is. Like like you said, the overt and covert racism, you know, things that you say that you don't think are a big deal, like walking up and touching my hair, or, you know, can I touch your hair? I've had insane things said to me over the course of my life that people don't think are racist, that are incredibly racist. And so to me, like this time is, is one of those times where it's, it's, it's important to point out when those things happen so that people recognize like, you can't do that. Like you can't, you cannot watch up, walk up and touch my hair. Like, please don't touch my hair. <laughs> That's not normal. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous behavior. Um, so things like that, like from a black woman's perspective um, are things that, you know, I'm, tr I'm trying to point out and obviously fighting for justice for black women who have also been murdered by the police who tend to not get the same attention that men get and obviously we want to bring light to all police brutality but like only one of the cops that murdered brianna taylor have been fired you know so that we have to keep the momentum going mm -hmm. for for our sisters as well so it is it's a different experience but you know i i also want to encourage unity and you know not separate us too much from from what the whole purpose of it is you know black lives matter and we want to to make change for everyone yeah well anyone who's who's not with it is a jerk really at this point and yes. that's something that uh that that and and confronting a lot of people confronting the fact that they they didn't realize that they've had privilege like it's amazing how many people don't understand just um how america was built and I'm not even from this country, and I had to do a lot of research and learning about uh, different government systems and influences and all these different things. They're like, oh, this is why things are like this right now. And we have seen in sports, Joy, this, of course, is, is still an issue. And, and this week, we're shooting this on a Wednesday. We know it airs on a Friday. But everything surrounding NASCAR driver Bubba Wallace and... You know, the fact that, thank God, we found out that the noose that was found in the garage was not directed at him per the FBI reports. And there has been many different responses to that. What is sort of your biggest takeaway with 
with how everything has unfolded, with now finding out that that this news at this time was not directed at Bubba Wallace in particular. So my reaction to that news yesterday, I was taking a nap. I woke up, saw the Bleacher Report alert, and literally said a word I'm not supposed to say on the show, I'm assuming. I did not have say whatever you a, want on the show. <laughs> I did not have a positive response to that news. So, I mean, to be clear, it's a good thing that there wasn't a noose in Bubba Wallace's garage. That statement is, should be the umbrella of everything else I'm about to say. It's a good thing that that didn't happen. I'm glad that didn't happen for Bubba's sake, that that, that wasn't really what this was about. There was a noose found in the garage. It wasn't specifically for Bubba. Why there's a noose in the garage is a whole nother conversation. But here is my issue with it. And this is why, while a lot of people are saying this is the best case scenario, and like you said, like, thank God, I totally respect that. But th this is my perspective on this situation. It didn't have to happen. NASCAR put out a very strong, very direct statement. There was a noose found. It's a heinous act. We will investigate it and find the person or persons involved. The media didn't make that up. There wasn't some blurry picture that we ran with or some sketchy report or some Snapchat post. The NASCAR themselves put out a statement. There is a noose. There is a person that hung a noose in his garage. That is dramatic. And Bubba was going off of that information that he was given. He wasn't the one that reported it. Someone else found it. Someone else reported it and brought it to NASCAR's attention. He's just going off the information that he was given. And so were the rest of us. And it was good information. It came from NASCAR. Right. So as soon as this came out, of course, you had a large group of people saying they don't believe it. This is uh, Jesse Smollett, too. Um, Bubba's lying, and through the investigation, after a very large show of unity before the race, uh, Richard Petty's hugging Bubba, and then you have a, a very heartfelt, amazing interview afterwards. I'm going to keep smiling. Then we find out through the FBI investigation that it's been there since 2019. It wasn't specifically directed at Bubba. So overall, is it a good thing that there wasn't a noose in the garage? Yes, but here's my issue. Racists are always looking for something to latch onto. They're always looking for something to validate their bigotry. And this was the perfect free sandwich of, see, told you so. Now, what did you really tell me? Nothing. Because the two circumstances with Jesse Smollett and Bubba Wallace are, are not directed and correlated in any way, except for the fact that there was a noose in both stories. Right. One was made up. One, Bubba didn't even report. There is a noose. NASCAR gave the statement to the public. There's no correlation whatsoever, other than the fact that Jesse Smollett and Bubba Wallace are both black. So you guessed it, a racist person is going to make that correlation. They're not going to bother with the facts. They're not going to bother to do any more research. All they're going to say is, we were right, you were wrong, fake news media, hoax, racism isn't real, all lives matter. And that's the consequence of this story getting to the point where it did. For me, I could have handled NASCAR investigating it, not trying to get in front of it, find out what's, what's really going mm -hmm. on, have the conversation with Bubba, we're gonna get to the bottom of this, we've got the FBI coming in, be in constant communication with him, and then when you find out what's really going on, then you release it to the public with the full scope of what happens. I'm not gonna be mad at NASCAR for handling it that way. I just feel like there's repercussions that fall on Bubba. He's already the only black driver in NASCAR. Now he's gotta deal with being called a liar and his integrity even being brought into question. And whether these people are fringe or not, there's still humans that are out there believing that, and now they're validated, and it's going to be even harder to bring them out of that mud into yeah. the light because they have this story. It, for me, it just didn't need to happen. So that was that was my reaction to the story. Yeah, it's, I mean, and you put them on blast, a lot of these people on your Twitter feed, I noticed the other day. and Because I knew it would happen. I knew it. Yeah, what, what's that like when, when you, I mean, seeing some of the responses that you get on social media, especially even for this case, like it's, it's awful. It's disgusting harassment and it's people that don't understand this, this issue. How do you deal with that? Like these people are not changing my life, right? Like I've got stuff to do today and I have a job and I, you know, I do things. I watch TV, you know, I have a life. So these random people on the internet are not changing my day in any capacity. They think they are affecting me, but they're not. You're not affecting my feelings. Is it draining seeing all of it? Of course it is.
But for me, I'm thinking of other people. Like there is a group of people out there who don't believe that that stuff goes on, who don't believe there's that many racists, who don't believe there's that many sexists or horrible people out in the world. And there are. So normally I would just block these people like, all right, blocked, on with my life. Off we go, drinks with Binks. But <laughs> I need people to see yeah. that this is how the world really is. And this is, this is what I read every day. And this is what other black women read every day and other black people in the world deal with every single day. It is a real thing. And so when that, when that news came out, I knew that this is what was coming, right? I knew it because it had already started before the news even came out. Now they're validated in their mind. So it's gonna get even worse. So um, does it affect me as far as like emotionally, I guess, as far as it's draining, but um, I know it and I deal with it all day long, every day. So it's not, it's not new. It's just, I think it's a time where people are paying attention to the fact that it's happening. Right. And I mean, you're doing the Lord's work there, putting these people out there and, and then we all see it and we see they're outing themselves as racists, which there you go. Like they, they've tweeted it. Um, and a right. lot of them, some of them with their name, not all of them are eggs. Some of them say their job and whatnot. And uh, you never know how that can come back and bite them in their butt. But we've got a whole lot more to come with Joy Taylor, guys. We are drinking and banking some red wine here. And don't go anywhere. We're going to have a whole lot more after the break. Fifteen minutes could save you 15% or more. Is that Shakespeare? Nope. It's Geico. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Shakespeare from one of his unpublished works. Oh, it be not for awakening. Nay, giveth thou the berries. For 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. No, it's from Geico because they help save people money. Well, I hate to break it to you, but Geico got it from Shakespeare. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. I'm Kurt Menefee. Uh, I had a drink with Banks. <laughs> Welcome back, Drinks with Banks. We've got Joy Taylor from FS1 on The Herd, Maybe I'm Crazy podcast, and Joy Chat on Caffeine. We're having a little uh, red wine here in the middle of the summer. Cheers. And it is great <laughs> because booze is booze is booze. And we've been having some, some deep convos about uh, Bubba Wallace and racism and Joy, I, I have to ask you, like we, I was just reading actually an interview with you this morning about how you feel you have a responsibility with your platform and that you have, you know, you've embraced this as, as more than just your job and an ability to inspire people, but also you understand that you hold power of, of influence over people's decision-making. And how do you then deal with not only when when your colleagues or your coworkers have an opposite opinion from you, but an opinion that is potentially dangerous, especially as we deal with the topic of racism? Well, I speak up now. I mean, there's definitely been times in my career where I haven't felt empowered or safe speaking up about any, any topic, whether it's racism or sexism um, or just something that I just really strongly disagree with. But I do feel empowered now, um, and I feel compelled now that if something's being said that I disagree with, that I say something. And I do have a platform. I do feel responsible for this platform. I didn't always feel that way. But as I've gotten older, I see the responsibility that having a platform comes with and the influence that it comes with. And uh, I think you're talking about the, the Barrett Sports Media mm -hmm. interview yes. with Brian No. And, you know, something that's important to me that I think is is very important as the next step in everything that we're talking about is diversity in media and not just diversity on air, which is obviously very important, but diversity behind the scenes with producers and executives and editors and, uh, you know, showrunners. And when I have opportunities to make those decisions, whether it is to hire a woman or, you know, hire a black person or a black woman or just any person of color, I try to take advantage of that because I think it's important to not only, you know, use my platform, but use any influence that I have, any power that I have, which, you know, we don't always have power just because mm -hmm. we're a talent, but when we do, I do want to take advantage of it because it's something that I really believe in. And I think it's the next step. And allies are always asking, you know, how can we help? Like, what can we do? You know, what can networks do? Well, hire diversity, like hire, black people, hire black women, hire black men, 
hire people of color, diversify your staff, and that's important. It's important to me. So I try to use my my platform, obviously, to speak about what I believe in, but I also, you know, behind the scenes want to to make changes as well. Right. And so you have that platform and you have these these very strong opinions. And we talked about the trolls last block. How do you deal with when some people in your industry have similar views to those trolls? For the most part, if I am engaged first, then I will respond, obviously. But, you know, our business is about opinions. And while I don't agree with or quite particularly respect some of the opinions that are out there that are agreeing with these, this, you know, army of trolls, um, I think it's, I think it's important to use my voice to not be necessarily combative with other people in the industry. Um, I know people have egos. I mean, we work in show business. Mm -hmm. So sometimes those, those egos can get a little poked and, you know, it can lead in the wrong direction. I mean, I don't, I don't work for myself. You don't work for yourself. We work for networks and, you know, I, again, you have to keep your platform. So there's, there's a strategy to everything that, that is done in this business, which is unfortunate, but that's just the reality of it. We haven't moved that far along yet. So, you know, if someone says something to me, I'm going to say something back. Mm -hmm. But uh, for the most part, well, again, I don't, I don't respect it. And generally it's coming from someone who is completely uneducated on the topic um, purposely. Cause obviously if you're in this business, you have a responsibility to educate yourself on anything it is that you're talking about. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, so to me, I'm trying to reach, I'm trying to reach the masses with my own platform and eventually the world will pass everyone by that has an opposite opinion on this particular topic. Right. Yes. Cause you see, these are, this isn't uh, left versus right, it's right versus wrong, really, which we've been hearing over and over again. Couldn't have said and it better. You, you know, you mentioned um, relationships. It is so hot in my apartment, by the way. I had to turn I'm off the air conditioning. I'm I had to turn the air conditioning. It's so loud. So I always so turn it off during interviews, and then I just sit there and, like, sweat. Yeah, so we're, I, we're sweating I just together. in a we're pool together. of myself. Um, <laughs> so, but, but Joy, you mentioned relationships um, with the NFL. Fox has a great relationship with the NFL. NFL and Fox is huge. We're seeing the NFL come around now to uh, understanding that, yeah, uh, Black Lives Matter and that, you know, with Goodell's video, he encourages peaceful protests and that they were wrong with how they dealt with it last time uh, when Colin Kaepernick kneeled. So what's how, how do you sort of um, deal with that terrain when maybe your opinions and your perspective were understanding of the issue four years ago, yet your yet yet the network uh, yet the league that your network has a relationship felt completely different. How comfortable do you feel having a different opinion in that relationship? Well, I feel like at, at FS1 we've always been really empowered to talk about that issue. Uh, I was on Undisputed when really at the height of the Kaepernick. Uh, kneeling and everything that was going on. And so we did the topic every single day. So, you know, I've never felt like we couldn't say, or I couldn't say what I believed or felt about that, or what I think happens in regards to Kaepernick. Um, because it's, it's, it's very obvious what happened. It wasn't something that was really behind the scenes. Like it's clear and obvious what happened with Kaepernick. As far as where they are now, where the league is now with everything, I think you if you demand growth, you also have to accept growth. It's unfortunate, obviously, that it had to get this far and it took this many years and it stole three and a half, four years of Kaepernick's prime of his career. Whatever you think Kaepernick was as a player, he was certainly good enough to be in the league when he was mm -hmm. blackballed by the league. So, um, but again, if you demand growth, accept growth when it comes. Uh, you, don't, you shouldn't be applauded for finally doing the right thing, but allow the right thing to happen, which, right. which, which is happening. And a lot of young star quarterbacks and players in the league were on that video with Saquon Barkley, which I think was very impactful and played a huge role in it. And I'm really proud of, of all the, the young athletes, um, college, high school, young guys in the league who, you know, may not ha be as established as someone like LeBron James, 
um, who obviously deserves a ton of credit as well. But you know, they're using their voice and, and recognizing the power that they have to to make change and have influence. So I'm I'm really happy with what the NFL has done regarding all of this. Uh, again, I'm glad, and it gives me hope to see a lot of the you know corporate companies like we were talking about earlier in the show who are you know not afraid to say Black Lives Matter, who are not shying away from it, and who are really encouraging and supporting change. So I. I I don't agree with what happens. I think Kaepernick should have always had a job. He never should have been out of the league. He should be in the league now and he should get a job this year. I, I hope that it happens. And um, I'm glad that it's finally being recognized and said. Right. Very well said. And uh, yeah, we'll have to see what happens with Colin Kaepernick if he even wants to come back and play. His legacy has already been written in the world at this point. Guys, we got to take a quick time out. We'll be back with a whole lot more with FS1's Joy Taylor while we sip on this red wine in the middle of June as we <laughs> sit with no air conditioning on in our apartments. We'll be back after this. Good afternoon. Would you like to try a free sample of our double fudge brownie? Oh, sure. Mmm, that's very good. I I'll just take one more, just to be sure. Yep, still very good. Some things never change, like never being able to take just one free sample. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Mmm, is that macadamia nut I taste? Let me take one more. Sir, mm. yeah, I thought so. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart Binks, and I'm very thrilled to be joined by FS1's Joy Taylor. And we've been talking about a lot of deep issues here on the show, and we're going to continue with that because that is the world we are living in right now. And we're also dealing with the pandemic, which is sort of like it's wild that it's still going on at this point. And Joy, for you, I mean, you guys do a daily show, and you're mostly talking about sports and you know social political issues around that, but. Right now, you're, you're dealing with issues of racism, of global pandemics. What is, a, what is the dynamic like in the green room, the avocado room, as they call it at FS1, before you guys go on and do your show with, with how to deal with these issues? Because it's not like you're talking, you're predicting how the cowboy secondary is going to do, where you could potentially misspeak and it won't come back and bite you in the butt. But you're talking about racism. You're talking about people's lives with the pandemic as well. How do you prepare your dialogue around these these topics? Well, there's no green room right now because we are dealing with the pandemic. So we're, we're really not around each other uh, while we're prepping. So what I would normally go into studio and be in the studio and around, you know, the green room, as you said, in the makeup room you know, feeling like the pulse of everything that's going on, I'm calling into, and most of the producers are calling into a call now. There's there's limited people on the lot. Um, so it, we, we kind of have to over-communicate to compensate for the fact that we're not really around each other um, and how we're going to deal with very heavy, serious topics, as you're saying, literally life and death in both, you know, the, the topics of racism and the pandemic. So I, I think... The best way that I would describe it is this an uh, extreme level of sensitivity and care for how we're talking about these things, um, keeping in mind, I think I think now probably more than ever, and uh, you know, not to give myself credit, but I, I, I tend to be a athlete first person. It's probably because of my brother, but I, I tend to look at every scenario as like, what is this? What is this athlete as a person going through? What is, how is this situation gonna affect his home life and his routine? And you know, when you get traded, what, you know, what does that all entail and things like that? So I think now more than ever, our business, who, which we tend to talk about athletes more as a commodity rather than human beings, everything's being humanized now. So even just talking about like the NBA restart, Avery Bradley's not coming back for the Lakers, that's a huge piece for them. Because his son, you know, is very susceptible to respiratory illnesses, it's not worth it for him to come back. So, whereas this was a different situation and it wasn't a, you know, necessarily a life or death situation, you're probably very critical of him for not wanting to come back. Mm -hmm. But there's not going to be a person that says that's the wrong choice, you know, because we're dealing with really heavy, important decisions that can affect multiple people. And because, you know, his son, he could pass it to his son. So it may not affect him as a professional athlete, but it could affect his family. We're all kind of looking at this from a different perspective and different lens. And I hope that that 
sensitivity or that awareness will continue even after the pandemic is over. Right. And with that sensitivity, and you mentioned the athlete's perspective, and there's also so many just regular people that will listen to you. We talk about responsibility and take what you say as what the word is on the pandemic, whether that's good or bad um, at this point is, is the fact that like, do you, do you, um, are you cognizant of the fact that like, say you and Colin are not even you, but like sports broadcasters are like, oh, this isn't that big a deal or, you know, only young people can get it that when people are listening to that, whether they've lost someone to COVID or they say, hey, you're right, it's not that big a deal. I'm not gonna wear my mask. Like, do you recognize sort of the the power that you wield over just people watching that you could influence their, their behavior? Yeah, I, I try to be hyper aware just in general, even outside of the pandemic of, of what I say or suggest to people. When it comes to the pandemic, I've kind of gone to the other end of it. Whereas like anything that I say, I'm like, I'm not a doctor. I don't know anything. I don't even have an opinion. I don't watch the news. I don't care what this news station says about it or that news station says it about it. Like clearly the government has my phone number because they text me stuff all the time, which I didn't, wasn't aware of, but when they need to let me know something, I find out. So, you know, I'm not trying to be swayed by any information. Therefore, I'm not trying to sway you on any information. I'm going as we go. If I'm supposed to wear a mask, I'm wearing a mask. It's not that big of a deal. You're not tough if you don't wear a mask. Quite frankly, I just feel like you're you're irresponsible or you better have had lost it or forgot it if you're not wearing a mask at this point, because it's pretty clear that's going to be super helpful. I understand it's uncomfortable. I also, as you can see, wear the mask. So yeah, I just try and be responsible with, with that, not giving any kind of suggestions whatsoever. I do think that once sports starts back up, it's going to be very interesting how the media will cover it because the pandemic is not over and the virus is not gone. So there are going to be athletes that come down with the virus. I mean, we've, we're seeing even now, before it's even started that there's groups of, of players who are getting getting corona. And that's to me is not surprising because the pandemic is not over. So, you know, how we yeah. cover it once sports comes back will be very interesting. I, again, I think we have to be very delicate, but also have to be aware that that is an inevitable fact of what's going to happen once this, this all gets going again. Yeah, which, and we're still trying to figure out what that looks like with the first wave not over and the second wave imminent. And we don't have a whole lot of time. We're still waiting on the NBA restart news, which will come down today. Unfortunately, this will already be known. But what do you uh, expect if there's a you know the bubble world happens in Orlando? What do you what do you expect to be the biggest storyline when things get going? I expect because I think that this situation in Orlando is absolutely insane when you read the details of what is expected of these men, it's it, it's just crazy. They're gonna be in quarantine with each other for at least two months with no visitors. And then once the first round of the playoffs start, they'll have limited visitors who have to go through a like extreme quarantine and testing process before they can even get into the bubble. If you leave the bubble, you have to be quarantined for 14 days. It's just this insane, like, it's an, I don't know how it's going to work. I, I mean, I, I hope it does, but the biggest story to me, I think, is going to be who stays healthy. Because aside from coronavirus, which is obviously a major concern, which again, I, I, I'm not, I'm not predicting or hoping. I'm just assuming someone's going to get coronavirus at some point, even in the bubble. They're coming back after not working out, and if they are working out, they're not working out to, to the capacity that they would be working out in a normal off season. They're not scrimmaging. They're not up at the, you know, at Rico's run at UCLA. Like they're just doing whatever they can in their houses right. to stay in shape. They're not in basketball shape. So I'm, I'm just hoping that there's no kind of major catastrophic injury as well. So I think that's going to be really the story because I think those, those things happening could really change who ends up winning the championship this year. I don't think it's as simple as, you know, who had the best team once the season ended. This is a new world, literally. They're going to a new world. Um, so I don't I don't know what to expect. I, I'm hoping everyone stays safe and then no one gets injured. But I honestly, I do not know how anyone can predict how this is going to go. Yeah, completely different world, as you mentioned. And and also, just as an added note, the, the Toronto Raptors, 
coming from Toronto and then dealing with the fact that they have to quarantine um, if they go back for two weeks and it, just because of the different countries and what their different stipulations are, as well as in New York, if you're coming from Florida, you have to quarantine for 14 days, it was made today. So whether people have to go in and out for family reasons or whatnot, there's a lot laundry list of issues that we got to deal with. And we also have a laundry list of things we want to talk to Joy Taylor about. What a segue. But we have to take a quick time out. We'll have a whole lot more on Drinks with Banks after this. To show you how easy it is to file a claim with GEICO, we hired a soap opera star. Gracious me, my car has storm damage and I've had to file a claim. Could it possibly get worse? Will my claims team leave me for someone else? Someone less intense? Um, no. Actually, when you file a claim with GEICO, you get your own dedicated claims team who promises to stay with you throughout the process. Oh, I've never known such loyalty. I can't wait for the second season. Geico. Great service without all the drama. Hey guys, welcome back to Drinks with Binks. I'm Julie Stewart Binks. We've got Joy Taylor from FS1 here sipping on some red wine, which is great. Love that we can just drink whenever, middle of the day, afternoon. Let's go. You know, we earned it. That's nice. We earned it. We earned it. It's like a Wednesday. (laughs) It's basically just a kickstart starting off the weekend in style. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) problematic drinking habits have not changed in quarantine um i mentioned i've done a lot of research on you ahead of this interview i'm not sure if you recognize that and one of the podcasts i was listening to that you were featured on you mentioned you know you work with colin coward on the herd and that you said that when he's formulating his opinions he is very flexible you've been working with him for a while now, you've known him for a while. In what way do you feel maybe you've influenced him or had an effect on his opinions? Um, Well, I think that I've brought a certain level of culture to the show. I like to believe that. Um, So I think I've had a a great deal of influence on him as far as that goes. We've had really deep conversations, uh, really tough conversations especially recently with everything that's going on. Colin, like I said, is a very uh, intellectual person, just naturally. He asks a lot of questions and he wants to learn things and know things. And is very thorough in his regular prep with sports topics. So when we're dealing with topics as heavy as, you know, racism and the pandemic and and all those things. Uh, I think he's been a really great listener as far as those things go. And he's been very open with me about, you know, wanting my opinion and wanting to know what my experience is and, and that, you know, I've had an impact on how he looks at those things. Just, just simply having conversations about things that I've experienced or dealt with or that my family's dealt with. Um, so yeah, I think I've, I think I've brought a a great deal of culture to the show, uh, a different a different vibe and energy, and, and I've had some influence on Colin as far as how he looks at those things as well. Well, that's very important, especially for a 50-something white male that is driving the conversation to be able to at least feature your perspective and sort of, uh, to some extent, understand it. And before you were on The Herd, you were on Undisputed with Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. And... You, you used the word, you moderated the show. What's the difference between moderating and hosting? A debate show is just very different. So like it's, it's essentially a host, but a moderator, if you've ever moderated like a panel or a conversation, it's, it's kind of like you got your two friends in the room who have a disagreement about something, right? And you're all best friends, but the two of them cannot seem to like have a real conversation without going crazy on each other. So you're in the middle of them like, okay, okay, I hear you, I hear you. But you know, what does Jesse have to say? Like, mm-hmm. okay, hold on, it's Jesse's turn. Jesse, go ahead. And like, all right, now it's your turn again. You know, so you're kind of just moving the conversation along. That is a very intense conversation. Um, so that's how I guess I would describe moderating. Obviously, if you're moderating a panel, it generally doesn't become as contentious as a debate will. So you're you're kind of having to pay attention. And with with television, obviously, as you know, you have to hit hard breaks on stuff. You're in the middle of like Skip and Shannon going at each other and you got to like, okay, we got to go to break. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be right back. So, you know, you have to just kind of always be in that space. And at any moment, the conversation could just flip to you. 
Um, and you have to be ready to answer that as well. So it's it's very different than hosting something that is not a debate format. You just, you know, you may throw in your opinion and then move along. Right. And for you, Joy, like you also have the Maybe I'm Crazy podcast, Joy Chat. And from what I've seen from watching your platform and and I have never worked with you. We've, we've never really been at FS1 at the same time because when you got to FS1, they were like, yay, Joy, come here. And then to, for me, they were like, Julie, like, there's a there's a bridge like go jump off of it so it was like we we're kind of just like in and out at different times we miss each other and, and joy though you you're you're a very empowering female you have um strong opinions and i really respect you for that and i love that you can you can dominate a conversation you can dominate a platform what is the challenge then seeing as though i feel that that's you from my perspective then being in a role where you aren't the star like how do you how do you deal with that everything is a is a process right so i believe in the process i don't trust the process or whatever but i really do like i think my time as a young person in the business being an intern and being a part-time producer answering phones and you know making rundowns and printing research and booking guests and you know, all of these things that people don't necessarily want to do in the business, they want to go straight to mm -hmm. being on air, made me a better talent. So I think each step of my career has been necessary. I appreciate where I am at each moment. Um, even, you know, we all go through times where we're like frustrated, you know, like I had something to say, or I, you know, I, I'd always try and take a step back. Like, you know, remember, remember three years ago, you didn't have a platform this big and look where you are now. Mm -hmm. So it's just keep it in perspective. It's not the right time. Everything, everything happens for a reason. Whatever cliche you want to use, I really try to keep that in mind while always, you know, obviously pushing forward, trying to progress, trying to be better, trying to reach the next step of my career. So, when, you know, when I was on Undisputed, I had the, the podcast, so I had an outlet to get my opinions right. out on everything. It obviously wasn't as, as big of a platform as Undisputed, but I wanted to be great at Undisputed. I wanted Undisputed to be a great show. I wanted to do a great job at what my job was. And I think I did a pretty good job. You did. So I, because I wanted to, like I wanted the show to be great. And then the show wasn't going to be great if it was always about me having to get my opinion in on everything. So because I did a good job on Undisputed, I'm now on The Herd, which is a completely different platform and a huge platform that I'm grateful to have. And there's a role within that as well. It's kind of similar to we talk in, how we talk in sports. You know, there's some guys or girls who are on a team or like, you know, I should have a bigger role, but then, you know, like you're great at this right now. Like this is your role on this team. And if you do this role to, to the best of your ability, we're all going to win. So that's just kind of how I look at it as far as that goes. One day I will have my own show and that'll be that time. And I'll be ready for it because of everything that I have already experienced. Yeah. One day Skip will be moderating your show. <laughs> you heard it here first. All right. Uh, guys, we have to take a quick time out. We'll be back with more Joy Taylor on Drinks and Things. Welcome back to Drinks with Binks with FS1's Joy Taylor and a little bit of red wine. And Joy, God, I got to drink it. It's the show. So do you. I'm going to yeah. peer pressure you into that. <laughs> because you decided on red wine. And you don't have to and peer pressure me. <laughs> and um, Joy, I, I, I saw an Insta story that you put up recently. And I know that you just had Marcellus Wiley on your Maybe I'm Crazy podcast. And he just came out with a book. But, but you showcased all of your your coworkers that have have written books and you were like, maybe I should write a book. Like I should write a book next or something. And I was just not going to ask you for the title because that is very personal, but what would your book be about? I do have a book idea in mind, but I don't want to say it because then someone else is going to write it because it's mm -hmm. not about me. But oh, so it's a, okay. It's a, it's a sports book about a sports era that no one has written. And it's kind of crazy that it hasn't been written. So that's why I started even thinking about writing a book in the first place. They're all still right here. Um, yeah, there's Marcellus's, Ernestine's. One of Collins is down there. Yeah, uh, you know, I support. But I don't know. If I was to write a book about myself, I don't know if I feel right writing a book about myself yet. I feel like I still have a lot more to do. Mm -hmm. So if I did write a book about myself, it would probably be about, like, my sports experiences growing up. 
Um, obviously, my brother right, yeah. is a Hall of Fame NFL player, so probably some stories about you know what that was like and what his career was like. Um, and you know, I've I've been through a lot in my lifetime, some you know darker sides of things, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of abuse. So you know, I would probably talk about that in there as well. But I think I want to save my story for when I'm a little further along in my career. So I do want to write a book. It's a sports book. I can't say what it is because mm-hmm. someone will steal it because it's very, very good. Yeah, and everyone's everyone's a big thief these days. But you should <laughs> definitely, uh, any literary agent out there would want to hear, if you can write a book about someone else or something, that's like what they want. Because I had a literary agent ask me to write a book about Mario Lemieux because he hasn't written one yet. And I was like, okay, that's like... Wow, that's crazy, gonna be, really? This is going to be tough. Like, I don't know Mario, and so... But yeah. anyway... This guy up here, Taidomi, I'm going to try to get him to get me to Mario. So uh, I'm going to give that idea out to everyone out there because that's what we do. We give away free promo on this show. I will read it once you write it. Okay, you'll read my Mario Lemieux book. Guys, we got to take a quick time out. We'll be back with more Joy Taylor from FS1 after this. Hey, what's up, everybody? It's the Cooligans. Hello, I'm Christian. I'm Alexis. Okay, we are two stand-up comedians, and we host uh, the funniest soccer show you've ever seen. That's right. We love talking about soccer. We're wild. We're silly. We have no idea what we're doing, <laughs> but it's a fun ride. And we're on Fubo every Tuesday and Thursday at 8 p.m. That's right. Fubo Sports Network. Do it. Hey, America. This is Chris Hahn, the host of the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. Look. It's all about November, and we've got to convince about 1% or 2% of Americans that the guy in the White House is a maniac. Shouldn't be too hard to do. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast with Chris Hahn. We need to take back America, or America won't exist. Download the Aggressive Progressive Podcast on iHeartRadio Podcast, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Like what you're hearing? Check out Drinks with Binks on Fubo Sports Network every Friday night at 8 p.m. Stream it on the Fubo TV app, Roku, Samsung TV, and more. Oh, and don't forget, it's BYOB. Sorry, startup life. Well, guys, we've had an awesome time talking with FS1's Joy Taylor here today on a number of serious topics, some fun ones, and just learning more about what she wants in life and, and really who she is. And you should follow her on Instagram. She's got some great stories, had a nice bachelorette weekend, which I'm super jealous about. And also, you know, she's on the Herd with Colin Coward, uh, Maybe I'm Crazy podcast, Joy Chat on Caffeine, 3.30 p.m. Eastern on Wednesdays. As for us, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, the whole shebang, Fubo TV. You know what to do, guys. This is this is the big gem. It's Fubo. It's life. It's sports. And we've had some wine, evidently. So have a great weekend. <laughs> Keep on drinking and binking. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.